I'm always traveling, always on the road. And the first thing I do whenever I get settled into a new city is I DoorDash items I know I can't live without. And it almost feels like home. Water, alcohol, a charger from my phone, snacks, food from delicious local restaurants, and breakfast in the morning because you can't cook when you're living in a hotel. DoorDash, your door to more. So download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything from pet food to snacks to neck braces, alcohol, toothpaste, Joy-Con controllers for you gamers out there, pretty much anything. You can get it. You must be 21 plus to order alcohol and drink responsibly. Alcohol is only available in select markets. DoorDash, go download it. Come on, get it done. I know, haven't talked to him in years, Chuck Phillips, right? He, he's the Pulitzer Prize winning journalist for the LA Times who covered that story. He lost his job covering that story because he sent me an article one time that he wrote that was going to get published that Monday morning. He said, hey, Schoon, take a look at this. Tell me what you think. And when I told him, I said, Chuck, this, this article ain't adding up, man. Chuck was on this to me. I, you know, I don't, some speculate that he was paid by either Jimmy Iovine or the LAPD, right? But I do know this. Of course, there was the Ramparts uh, scandal and Rafael Perez and, and, and the, the cop D-Mac. Chuck knew all of these guys for, for some reason. I play a game with myself whenever anyone brings up the subject of the murder of Biggie. Is there anything that hasn't been talked about? Is there any stone unturned? And seeing this will hopefully be my final swing at the plate. I had to listen to my main researcher, Johnny Aganopoulos, AKA the Greek. He kept pestering me to look into Wayman Anderson, to look into the testimony given by Wayman Anderson and what was inside of it. So I knew I had to, and what I found surprised me. So I met Wayman and um, I started to talk with Wayman and meet with Wayman, me and my partner, and never alone. And I can tell you is that uh, he never ever gave me any bad information, me or my partner. One of the guys that was from Morella's law firm, he actually, they had my case up in Ocean City. They told me if I did not do what they were asking me to do, they would switch my, they had power to switch my case into another courtroom, which they did, I have it to prove it to you. Right after the deposition, uh, the guy who did the deposition from Morella's law firm, I think that's how you pronounce the law firm. Yeah, Morella. Morella, whatever they call yeah, it. Morella. So yeah, yeah, They yeah. sent the deposition within four days to Chuck Phillips I never signed that deposition. I never approved that deposition. But four days after I did the deposition, when they were sending it to the LA Times to go to print with it, I contacted Terry Sanders and told him that I did it underneath threat and it was duress and I would never sign it. I never, I never, ever, uh, they were bringing in me, sending me um, information 
uh, 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 you know, trying to put words in my mouth about other articles. I mean, they wanted me to go along with it, saying Perry Sanders offered me money. Never offered me any money. That came from Don Vince's mouth. Wow. And then he threatened my son. He told me I would be put in the hole. So this whole thing came from the city attorney. They had a hard against Perry Sanders, Mrs. Wallace, uh, and Christopher's estate. They, they, they did not. They did not like Perry Sanders. They did not want. Um, I'm a little hazy on the actual legal files, but the documents I was given are for a court proceeding on July 30th of 2008, the people of the state of California versus Wayman Anderson. Steve Cooley is the district attorney, and Wayman Anderson starts the deposition by talking about a guy named Steve Strong who was Wayman Anderson's LAPD handler, which leads me to believe that Wayman Anderson was a snitch for the LAPD as far back as the 1980s. Wayman says in open court, and I quote, I was told by the city of Los Angeles, if I kept saying that David Mack and Rafael Perez were responsible for the murder of Biggie Smalls, I would never get out of jail. His lawyers ask him a follow-up question. Did they tell you anything else? The court interrupts and asks, well, wait, wait a minute, who from the city of LA told you that? And Wayman responds, Don Vincent. The first time he came was July 5th, I believe 2005. That's when he came with everybody came. And then he came, it couldn't have been too much longer after that. Because I left Calipatra in 2007. So it had to be early 2006 or late 2005 that he came again on his own. He came two times when they wanted to depose me. Yep. He came with a bunch of people, with lawyers and everybody else. And then he came again with him and some other guy. He did not want me. Well, he made it perfectly clear the first time that he was glad I wasn't doing a deposition. You know what I'm saying? He said, that's fine with us. You know what and what was the purpose of him visiting you the second time to, to reiterate that you should not talk? Yeah, he well, well, he kind of act like he kind of wanted to bully me. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the impression I got that uh he he was coming there to, to make it seem like he was somebody important and that he could do all sorts of stuff for me. And he wanted to make it perfect perfectly clear to me that uh he said it. He, he said it. You know, if you testify on, on behalf of uh. The Wallace estate, he said, you won't be getting out of prison. That was his exact words. Again, this is weird, isn't it? Don Vincent, just like Kenneth Boagney, he threatens Wayman Anderson that if he continued to talk to investigators, he would keep him in jail. If both Wayman and Boagney were not credible, why? Again, I ask why. Did the deputy city attorney for Los Angeles feel the need to threaten these guys? I was subpoenaed to testify in the Christopher Wallace uh, civil litigation case. Perry uh, Sanders and the Wallace family are brought against the city of Los Angeles. And as soon as I was uh, subpoenaed, all of a sudden my case was taken out of Peter Espinosa's courtroom and sent to Judge William Ryan's courtroom where uh, eventually my uh, red habeas corpus was denied uh, because I told the truth uh, in the hearing that I was threatened by city attorney Don Vincent that if I was to 
saying that the uh, same police officers who my prosecutor who prosecuted me at walk and speaking of Lafayette Perez had something to do with Christopher's murder that I would spend the rest of my life in prison. And if I said that uh, any LAPD officers had anything to do with Christopher Wallace's murder, I would spend the rest of my life in prison. As Wayman continues to be questioned in the document, the court asks him in exact language, what was the interaction? And Wayman says that Don Vincent called him inside Corkin State Prison with his lawyer present. But the next part of the questioning is where this gets even more interesting and part baffling. Wayman Anderson tells the court that he received volumes of documents from the Los Angeles Times and you guessed it, journalist Chuck Phillips. The lengths and steps that Burko, the DA's office, and the LA Times went all in conjunction with each other to try to bury me and to try to bury this case. And one of the things they, that Burko ended up doing was is he got in bed with Chuck Phillips because Chuck Phillips at the time, he was a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist he had gotten in real good with death row records, and they had given him a lot of accessibility, and he kept writing a lot of these pro-Suge Knight, pro-death row um, articles. And if I proved this whole Biggie case, like I knew I was going to be able to prove, it would not only ruin death row records, but all these police officers that were not only Rampart officers, but also doing a lot of this off-duty stuff with shit with Suge and the death row, that again, it would just, it would just, it would ruin LAPD. So Chuck Phillips starts writing these articles, starts just basically ruining me in the newspapers. Wayman Anderson states that the city of LA gave Chuck Phillips documents from the civil trial, and that Chuck Phillips gave these documents to Wayman Anderson. The documents that Wayman Anderson received from Chuck Phillips were the sealed depositions of another player in the Biggie Small saga, and that is Mario Hammonds, who we covered extensively in season one. Wayman Anderson goes further that Chuck Phillips gave him other depositions that were also sealed. And keep in mind, back at that time, that federal mandated seal meant something. It meant if you leaked documents, you went to jail. It was a federal offense. Wayman was also given depositions on Kenneth Boagney and Yame Christie and any others that Phillips had access to. So the question is twofold. Why did an LA Times journalist have sealed depositions of an ongoing civil trial between the city of LA and the Wallace family? And why the fuck was Phillips giving these depositions to Wayman fucking Anderson? inside Corcoran State Prison. This just sounds all types of fucked up. The court asked Wayman, why did the Times give the depositions to you? And Wayman's answer even stunned me. Wayman says, they were trying to disqualify Perry Sanders, the Wallace family lawyer. Now, This type of subterfuge is just hard to wrap your mind around. The city of LA was using a journalist, Chuck Phillips, as a pawn to distribute sealed federal court documents. So the assumption is that 
not only was Chuck Phillips in bed with the LAPD and Mike Burkow, but he also must have been in bed with Don Vincent or someone inside the city of LA's legal team. Just like I thought all along, Burko was somehow involved with, with Chuck Phillips. Um, that was the final straw. And then obviously, when I listened to those conversations that Chuck Phillips had recorded without Burko knowing, that was just, that was a nail in the coffin. But I had already known that, that Burko, once, once I saw that article and, and based on everything else that happened, I knew Burko was in bed, and that's why, that's why specifically um, the two LAPD guys no longer worked the case with me, and I was careful on what information I was briefing either Burko or this other guy named Al Michelina. What happens next does connect a few dots. So Wayman Anderson, who we know had a relationship with Suge, goes into more detail. He says that Chuck Phillips went and visited him in Corcoran State Prison, and when he visited him, Chuck Phillips brought with him letters from Suge Knight, wherein Suge threatened Wayman Anderson. It's so secret that Chuck Phillips wrote a lot about the rise of Suge Knight, and many of my sources told me that Chuck had a very close relationship with Suge. How deep this connection went, and how nefarious it was, who fucking knows. I stated in season one, Chuck Phillips, if he would ever talk, probably knows everything. But this guy, in a day and age where it's hard to disappear, has just disappeared. As it relates to the information that was in Dossier 1, there's obviously two individuals that were mentioned, one of them being Chuck Phillips, who we sort of tried to dig up as much as infor- as much information as possible on him. Another name is a Wayman Anderson, which I did not go into in the dossier. Now, it's my contention in season two in terms of things that have not been covered, whether it's on television or in other podcasts or even in season one, that there's two stories to be told. One, Wayman Anderson, one Chuck Phillip. So let's start with Wayman Anderson, Johnny. Tell me why you think Wayman Anderson is important to this story. Well, like you, I was not all that aware of Wayman Anderson's story until I really started digging. I actually came across Wayman Anderson in my research and investigation on Chuck Phillips. And as we started to learn, as you went through more and more documents, and Wayman Anderson's name is popping up in the civil lawsuit, uh, I came across Wayman Anderson's name in Phil Carson's FBI files, in which he stated, re-interview Wayman Anderson. Uh, so I'm assuming he had multiple interviews with him. And so I started down this path, and I noticed this cross-section of Wayman Anderson and Chuck Phillips, both in the documents we found and in articles written in the LA Times by Chuck Phillips. So I really started digging in on Wayman Anderson. And again, he appears early on in the police investigation. He appears in the FBI investigation. And what really knocked my socks off was reading uh, once we got access to his habeas corpus hearing, 
reading his testimony about the lengths that the city attorney Don Vincent went to shut him up, the lengths Chuck Phillips went to shut him up. Up until that point, I wasn't 100% convinced of Wayman Anderson's, uh, the authenticity of his claims. But when all these people are putting so much effort into shutting him up, that's what really made me laser focus on Wayman Anderson. And do you believe some of the narrative that Wayman Anderson says? It's funny because Wayman Anderson changed his story. And one of the first things I had access to was actually the uh, civil lawsuit deposition of Wayman Anderson. And in reading that, this was before I really had a better grasp of what happened in this case. In that civil lawsuit, Wayman Anderson recants everything he stated in previous police interviews. Um, he starts to sing. I'm always traveling, always on the road. And the first thing I do whenever I get settled into a new city is I door dash items I know I can't live without. And it almost feels like home. Water, alcohol, a charger from my phone, snacks, food from delicious local restaurants and breakfast in the morning because you can't cook when you're living in a hotel. DoorDash, your door to more. So download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything from pet food to snacks to neck braces, alcohol, toothpaste, Joy-Con controllers for you gamers out there, pretty much anything. You can get it. You must be 21 plus to order alcohol and drink responsibly. Alcohol is only available in select markets. DoorDash, go download it. Come on, get it done. On March 16, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamin, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Anybody who's read any of Chuck Phillips's earliest work on the Biggie murder knows uh, Chuck Phillips was pushing a narrative that the Southside Crips killed Biggie. Biggie uh, had reneged on paying the Crips for the murder of Tupac. Biggie had supplied the Crips the gun in Las Vegas for the murder of Tupac. Keefe D was a suspect. Uh, etc. etc. And so Wayman Anderson, in this deposition, I had access to the transcripts. Unfortunately, uh, there are excerpts of recorded interviews being played that I did not have access to. And my, my belief is those are uh, recorded interviews of his interviews with LAPD. So every time he recanted something he had said and threw a new theory out that, that met Chuck Phillips' liking, uh, he would say, you know, yeah, I lied about that. I lied about that. So that's one of the first things I found about Wayman Anderson. So I wasn't really sure. And it wasn't until discovering this other stuff much later on with regards to his testimony in the habeas corpus hearing that made me think, OK, I need to dig a little bit deeper. I think Wayman Anderson is being truthful about a number of things such as the, you know, he reported Rafael Perez threatening him. That was obviously significant enough and, and believed enough by LAPD that they created internal affairs files about it. I do believe Wayman Anderson has knowledge of what happened. I do believe Wayman Anderson has a relationship with Suge Knight, but 
you have to kind of sift through all of the Wayman Anderson stuff and understand his motivations at the time he stated different things, especially when he recanted everything. So I, I believe Wayman Anderson. Now, moving on to the relationship as far as you see it between Chuck Phillips and Wayman Anderson. And before you explain that to me and, and to the listeners, my contention at this point is there's probably three individuals that could offer up information or at least offer up a different take on the story. And those three individuals are Chuck Phillips, David Mack, and Rafael Perez. We all know that it's possible that Mack and Perez at a certain point will tell their story. Um, Perez has tried um, in Hollywood to, um, to do that. There was a project that was titled The Most Corrupt Cop in America that a, a production company was selling with him attached. Obviously, we've heard some of the conversations I've had with David Mack. But what are they really going to say? They're never they're not going to admit to murder. Right. So right. that that's not anything that I think it would be cool to hear them talk and see what they would say. But at the end of the day, there's no statute of limitations on that. So they're not going to say that. Now, secondarily to that, the person who might have more secrets in this whole story than anyone, even Phil Carson, is Chuck Phillips. And we know where Chuck Phillips is. We have a contact information for Chuck Phillips. And so now is the time for him to come out of hiding and maybe just tell his story, right? Yeah. Explain to me the Wayman Anderson, Chuck Phillips of it all so that I can understand how does that relationship even start? What is that relationship about? What do you think it's about? What is out there to prove what it's about um, within this story? So it's it's fascinating and it's quite honestly, it's it's brilliant when you look at it's kind of the, the carrot and the stick between the U.S. attorney uh, or the city attorney, excuse me, Don Vincent and Chuck Phillips and how they attacked Wayman Anderson. So in the months after Wayman Anderson is subpoenaed and his name appears on a wit witness list for the civil trial, uh, we've gone through, you've gone through Wayman Anderson's testimony about the actions of Don Vincent and Chuck Phillips. But then you take a look at Chuck Phillips' public actions with regards to Wayman Anderson in this time. So shortly after Wayman Anderson appears on a witness list, out of the blue, Chuck Phillips writes a front, this was a front page article in the LA Times titled Chorus of Protests Seeks to Free Singer Locked Up for 1993 Killer. He is writing a front page article proclaiming the innocence of Wayman Anderson in the murder he's been convicted of. He is starting, you can see what they're doing. He's literally, like while they're threatening him with one hand, they are singing his song on the front page of the LA Times to get him on their side. Chuck Phillips, a couple months later, writes another front page article in the LA Times about Wayman Anderson's case titled, New Evidence Could Set Singer Free. Now, no disrespect to Wayman Anderson, but we're not talking about R. Kelly or Michael Jackson or one of the most famous you know, entertainers in the world who's locked up right now. We're, we're talking about a guy who had a moderate hit when he was young, who'd been in prison at this point for 
you know, five, six years, there was no one clamoring about Wayman Anderson's story. They're obviously using this to try to get Wayman Anderson to go their way. It's pretty obvious at this point, the Wallace attorneys are obviously intelligent individuals because when I got access to the transcripts, his, his deposition takes place a month or two after that second front page article in the Times and Wayman retracts everything he says. The Wallace attorneys repeatedly ask him during the course of the deposition, how many times has he met with Chuck Phillips? Uh, did Chuck Phillips have any influence in this testimony? Wayman Anderson refuses to answer. But 48 to 72 hours after this deposition, this deposition is leaked to the LA Times. And in one of the only articles in this whole sordid affair with regards to Suge, death row, Biggie's murder, the civil lawsuit, Chuck Phillips does not write this article. Uh, obviously he can't because of the number of times they accuse Chuck Phillips of being behind the, the, the changed testimony of Wayman Anderson. One of the other things Wayman Anderson says in his testimony is he testified that a fellow inmate, Kenneth Boagney, approached him sometime in 2001 and asked him to join a scheme to implicate the LAPD in the Wallace murder to aid the Wallace family lawsuit. He said he was promised five to 10% of any settlement. Anderson, and I'm quoting the LA Times here, Anderson said that Bo Agney, a one-time police informant serving a 40-year sentence for burglary, had already received $25,000. Anderson said a third convict, Mario Hammonds, was also in on the scheme. They wanted me to cooperate with them, this story that they had concocted together. And for him to say that me, him, and Perry Sanders got together and made this stuff up, I didn't even know Perry Sanders, man. I hadn't even heard Perry Sanders' name until 2005, man. You know? Because Perry Sanders wasn't even on the case that... I didn't even know if they were doing a civil case in 2002 at that time. I didn't even know if they were doing a civil case. So, you know, that was a total... You know, that was a total lie. But uh, okay. I never talked to him. I, I can assure you that I never talked to him about this at all. And if he um, said I did, he, he, he's lying. And <laughs> this is incredible. Uh, they also used the accusation that Perry Sanders had tried to bribe David Mack and his attorney in, quote, an accusation that has echoes in Anderson's claim. So you're starting to see this puzzle put together. You wonder why Wayman Anderson was given depositions of Kenneth Boagney, Mario Hammonds, Yame Crystal. And it is to concoct this story that all these guys are in cahoots and they made up this story in order to get a piece of the pie with regards to the civil settlement. Now, the most simple fact checking by the LA Times could have shown how ridiculous this theory is. Wayman Anderson and Kenny Boagney were in prison together for a few months. One of them was transferred in May of 2001. The Wallace civil lawsuit wasn't even filed for almost a year, April of 2002. So unless Perry Sanders figured out how to build a time machine and go back a year prior to before he was even involved in this case. This whole thing falls on its face. Yet the LA Times did none of that. They just run with this story. And within days, this story spreads nationally like wildfire. The Today Show, CBS News, Rolling Stone Magazine, Billboard Magazine, all parrot that these witnesses in the Wallace case had created this scam in order to uh, get money out of the city. So you kind of see what happens on top of the threats Wayman Anderson receives from Don Vincent and Chuck Phillips. This was all an incredibly brilliant plot to not only try to get Perry Sanders off the case, 
but to also completely destroy the credibility of the Wallace lawsuit in the public forum. Interesting. By the way, Yame Christie, I'd like to make this point. You know, if somebody wanted to try to convince us that this was all some scheme by by Wayman Anderson, Kenny Bogney, and Mario Hammonds. Like I said, it, it absolutely doesn't work with regards to the timeline and when they were in contact with each other. But the Yame Christie addition to his testimony is what really makes me believe that Wayman Anderson is telling the truth. Yame Christie, for those that don't know, was an 18-year detective in the LAPD who spent uh, her last three years as a sergeant in internal affairs under our favorite assistant chief, Mike Burkow. She ended up filing a lawsuit against the LAPD, was awarded over a million dollars for, uh, she made allegations of uh, sex for promotion allegations. And in other words, if you slept with Burkow, you got a promotion. If you didn't, you didn't. She also claimed that she was retaliated against and she complained to the inspector general about a large amount of evidence taken from her internal affairs computer relating to the murder investigation of rapper Christopher Wallace. Now, here's the thing. In any press coverage back then, there is absolutely no mention of her involvement with Biggie's murder, the case, the evidence, etc. Anything in the public forum at the time of Wayman Anderson's testimony only stated that Yamei Christie had sued the LAPD regarding the sex for promotion allegations and how she was passed over for promotions because she would not sleep with Mike Burkow. So the fact that he includes her deposition in there tells me a lot. There's no way Wayman Anderson would have known who Yamei Christie was or her relation to the Biggie case through any, obviously, fellow prisoners or uh, that he'd have no access to her involvement in this case. So the fact that he included her name in his testimony tells me that these claims are legitimate. As I continued to dive into the Wayman Anderson court documents, it got even weirder. Wayman states that he gave the FBI the letters that Suge Knight wrote to him with the threats. He also states that inside the prison letters from Suge Knight were mentions of a guy named Harrison, who Wayman states was a lawyer for David Mack. Harrison, Wayman states, was a former U.S. prosecutor who was going to sign a deposition saying that Perry Sanders offered him money to have David Mack lie. This whole ruse was to get Perry Sanders disqualified from the case, which does not surprise me. But what did surprise me was the next part of Wayman's testimony. He says that on the day that Biggie was murdered, he talked to Biggie on a cell phone. This is just getting weirder by the minute. The morning after the murder, Wayman states that the LAPD picked him up at the Wayside County Jail and brought him to Parker Center, the headquarters of the LAPD. And they questioned him about the murder. Don Vincent was the, the city attorney uh, who was originally 
assigned to handle the civil litigation for the city to defend the city in Christopher Wallace's lawsuit. Uh, I was uh, in my cell one day, again, at Stadab State Prison in Fresno, California, and I was called to my counselor's office, and he told me that there was an official from Los Angeles that worked in the city attorney's office and wanted to speak with me on the phone. Uh, I got on the telephone with this individual, and he identified his name to me as Don Vincent. He told me that I was going to be subpoenaed uh, for the same cell phone being found that the attorneys representing the Wallace family wanted to question me about that cell phone and about my knowledge of officers being involved with the Wallace uh, murder. Uh, he eventually told me that he was going to come out and see me, but he never came. We had subsequent phone calls, maybe five or six phone calls, maybe even more. And the, as each phone call came, he was basically providing me information and, and threatening me and told me that I would be placed in what's called the shoe in prison and I wouldn't receive an email, visits, or anything if I did not testify the way that he wanted me to testify in the deposition that was held at Corpus State Prison. Uh, so out of fear of being placed in the shoe, uh, I was going through a very trying time at the time with the family. I'm now divorced, and so I have nothing else to lose. Uh, but at the time, all I had left was my, my son and, and my wife. So I basically, uh, out of fear, testified the way that Don Vincent wanted me to testify uh, in that deposition, where he told me that I would then be placed in the shoe, which is a Pelican Day, uh, and that I would never see the light of day, and I would spend the rest of my life in prison if I was to say anyone else besides Shug Knight uh, had anything to do with the murders of Christopher Wallace and the Southside Compton Crips. That's what their narrative wanted to be uh, portrayed as, was that the Crips and the Shug Knight had something to do with Christopher Wallace's murder for the retaliation of Tupac Shakur. And I never signed that deposition. I never uh, seen the deposition. I went in that room and testified exactly how Don Vincent told me to testify. Because the power they have on an individual in custody is not even, you can't even imagine what they can do to the person that's in my position. The saga of Wayman Anderson is just that. A saga where city attorneys, Chuck Phillips, Rafael Perez, and the FBI all visited this guy or talked to him. I personally must admit, at this time, his story is confusing to me. But I must default to my gut. If Wayman Anderson didn't have information about Suge Knight, about the murder, about death row, why the fuck were all of these major players in this case visiting him? And why would both Don Vincent and Chuck Phillips both risk giving him sealed federal court records. Again, another mystery hiding in plain sight, another piece of the puzzle that makes sense if you know it and care, but the biggest takeaway was the strategic game the city of LA was playing was pure textbook. Red herrings, misinformation, lies, just muddy the water so much that no one ever will ever be able to understand what happened. And as of now, it's really worked. I'm always traveling, always on the road. And the first thing I do whenever I get settled into a new city is I DoorDash items I know I can't live without. And it almost feels like home. Water, alcohol, a charger from my phone, snacks, food from delicious local restaurants, and breakfast in the morning, because you can't cook when you're living in a hotel. DoorDash, your door to more. 
So download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything from pet food to snacks to neck braces, alcohol, toothpaste, Joy-Con controllers for you gamers out there. Pretty much anything. You can get it. You must be 21 plus to order alcohol and drink responsibly. Alcohol is only available in select markets. DoorDash. Go download it. Come on. Get it done. 